with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here with Creative Playing Podcast Network, and joining me today is... Kelly! And Justin. So we are here for the last day of the D&D 30-day challenge. Day 30th of the challenge. It has been a long, long 30 days. Just saying. Especially with RPG Day happening at the same time. So today is a day all about stories. And, and in this regard, it's the best DM you've had. Even though we all call them Game Masters, not Dungeon Masters. Because, you know, there are all kinds of... MC, Storyteller, Dungeon Master, Game Master, whatever title you give them. So do you guys have a f- the best DM you've ever had? Oh, well, you know what I'm going to say. You. Lies, lies. No, no, it's true. You, you know, are, you're flexible, you you, you come up with some fun adventures and stuff. Uh, you're really cute. <laughs> you're the best husband. But but the thing is, the whole reason we got together was because he was, you know, uh, gaming. <laughs> he, he was running games. And I'm like, oh, you, you RPG? What? What? I haven't paper gamed in forever. <laughs> so it's like. Then, you know, I realized how brilliant you were, and uh, that was that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm biased. But I do have an honorable mention. Um, Ben Werner. Oh, from from World of Dew. Yeah, he's the the author of the RPG World of Dew. Mm -hmm. And we had the honor of uh, playing in a world of do game with him as the gm and it was it was so much fun it was it was it was just really rich you know storytelling um uh and and had a blast so it's an interesting uh um if you're if you haven't ever played it um sort of like a uh samurai noir kind of game um uh you know, for like Seven Samurai and, you know, but it's got a lot more, you know, stuff to it. It it was really, it was, a lot, it was very interesting. So. Well, for me, um, I think the single best DM I ever had the pleasure of dealing with 
would have been the person who introduced me to role playing in the first place. He was uh, he was a he was a very skilled storyteller in his own right, but he also included teaching elements in his presentations. So because he realized that uh, everybody at the table was was new to this except him, and so we started off with abbreviated character sheets, and by the end of the you know second, third, fourth adventure somewhere in there, eventually we had uh, we we had fully fleshed out character sheets, and he had st- he started off with with basic combats and task resolutions. And by the third or fourth game, we were pretty well filled in. And that made a very large impression on me. Because many times over the years, probably at least 12 times in the last 38 years, I have had to pretty much start from scratch with a a completely new group of uninitiated gamers Mm. and I borrowed from what I learned and started off with uh, the the relatively simple missions and the task completions and of course the the abbreviated character sheets and and I still uh, I still think in terms of Uh, teaching so that when I am sitting at a table with, let's say, three different gamers of three different experience levels, I'm interested in closing the knowledge gap. So that's part of uh, that's part of what I do. And while I have had the opportunity to play with some really good storytellers, I have learned things from these really good storytellers. But there's only been one DM ever that I encountered who incorporated teaching elements into what he did, and that still influences me to this day. That's beautiful. Yeah, that that's a really good point because you know, as a GM, you are teaching the players, you know, not only the story and the setting, but the system, you know, and that's all part of the package that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And yes. but it would inspire um, not just a love of this, you know, the, mm-hmm. but encourage them to, you know, reach out to others, maybe. So I think that's just wonderful. Absolutely. And uh, the honorable mention I can think of is uh, specifically a, a guy that I, I met in college and the wrinkle that I picked up from him. He very strongly encouraged everybody to keep detailed notes and journals. Mm-hmm. And his commonly held practice was uh, if you have a piece of information in your game journal from like 25 sessions ago, if you want to go all the way back there, find it and act on it, you you can. And that had a I noticed it had a profound effect on the gamers themselves because now they they cared so much more about the environment. Hold on, wait a minute. What what's the name of that town again? Where is it on the map? How do you spell that? Okay, stop, stop. What is the name of that NPC again? Um where's yep. he at? That's um, a very good then, point. 
it is. And so meshing the two things together, the teaching with the subliminal encouraging of encouraging the gamers to to be more in touch with the gaming environment, the two things put together enhances the storytelling capability of any dungeon master. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then these people take on, it's more than just, Oh, that's random NPC number two. Oh no, that's the person that we helped um, back when we first visited this, you know, they become, you know, vested in the welfare of the NPCs as well as their characters. You know you have succeeded when they talk about NPCs on a first name basis like it's a real person. Well, you know, we're 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 gonna have to go we're we're gonna have to go back to the other village over there because I'm not gonna trust anybody other than Bob to fix this. Mm. When, yep. when when you start when you start hearing things like that, you know that you have total buy in. Mm-hmm. It's world creation. That and it's becoming a real kind of tangible to them almost um, for that. I keep notes and I'm like, I flip back um, uh, to it and, and we create relationships with certain NPCs so that we can refer back to them. And it makes for a richer experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when you totally get the, the player buy-in because it's now just as real for them as it is for the GM that's trying to get the point across, you know, and you, and you can totally get long lasting character play going. It's, it's like, you know, that's one of those lessons that a lot of people like my players just kill all the NPCs. I'm like, well, why are they killing all the NPCs? All of them shouldn't be betraying your players that much that they murder them on, on, on command. They're supposed to be big yep. heroes. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, now that is a completely separate discussion. <laughs> because when you start getting into the question of <clears throat> what makes a hero go bad, oh, that is such a multi-layered, luscious cake that deserves to be eaten slowly. <laughs> Or, or then your players uh, hate you because you broke their character in such a way. Yeah, that, that too is uh, that that too is a completely different uh, subject. I never will forget the very first time this ever happened to me. I got a phone call at three o'clock in the morning. I was awake because I was cramming for an exam, and uh, uh, the uh, the the aforementioned DM, who was uh, such a big influence on me. He says, he says, I have a problem. And I said, well, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm not sure I have time for that. And, and he says, no, 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 no. I mean, I have a game problem. I said, well, oh, all right. Well, that's a different matter. What, what goes here? And he says, and he says, well, you know, I've got this, uh, I've got this guy who's playing a paladin and he's playing fast and loose, loose with the rules. And I just uh. nail his feet to the floor. And I said, okay, <laughs> now for this, I need a good night's sleep. So, I'll talk to you in 24 hours <laughs> and it, it goes from there. So now the, 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 the really short version of all of this is that when the, when the game is going at its most intense, 
you'd be surprised who will take a bribe and not even realize they did it. <laughs> when, when, when somebody just, just all of a sudden says to an NPC, I totally hate that guy over there. I wish somebody put a knife in him. Okay. You know, it's uh, <laughs> all, all of us, all, all of a sudden there's all kinds of alignment dynamics in play. And, and usually it's not until two or three hours after the game session is over with that the player realizes, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> and it goes from there. But like I said, that is that 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 is a completely. What's your alignment again? <laughs> we've had paladins like that. Yeah, we've had paladins that slipped, and it got to the point where it's like, and like, and the clerics like going, um, what's your alignment? And they and they kept on doing these certain things, and it's like, um, yeah, that's not your alignment anymore. <laughs> And, and well, as anytime, anytime you want to have this discussion, I'm available. <laughs> as I've spoken with many people, a good GM has no problem having a sidebar with you saying, so do you want your paladin to be fallen? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yep. for me, I'm going to play the devil's advocate, even though still in, in a positive, because we are positive uh, point of view, the best DM I ever had was the best example of a grinder dungeon killer GM. Because there are some games you want to play that are grinder dungeons, like the old Larisalt's D&D used to do, where they told you, uh, unless you're like OP group optimized, you're going to all die probably. But it's fun to, to, to beat yourself against the wall for those type of games. As long as you know, that's what you're stepping into. Because usually that's what your more experienced players are going to do for a challenge, as opposed to just a, a new game, you know, where you're wanting long-lasting characters. It's to see if we can survive by the end. And back in high school, Fred was the prime best example of a killer GM in the not-dickish way. I mean, he, he actually would, would put thought into his, his dungeons and death traps so that way, you know, it wasn't that he was just unlimited budgeting, smashing us with rocks, because we all know a jerk person who's behind the GM <laughs> screen can totally just rocks fall, you all die. You know, it's literally that cat meme, you know, but he would actually set up these. He'd go into great detail and then let the death machine go until it, it collects its due, you know, and he was one of those <laughs> that it was good that he could foreshadow. I mean, you would come to games with multiple character sheets ready to go. Mm. It was super sad in some games because you're like, oh, this great idea for a character. And wow, did he just get one shotted right off the bat? Damn, I stepped <laughs> in that one. And it really makes you as a player and a GM because, you know, once you see a killer GM at its finest, it's like watching, you know, a, a killing machine doing its job and you just sit back and enjoy because you're watching in awe as the rest of your party is being murdered and you're not sure who to vote for because <laughs> you're getting the story. It's like like watching a bad slasher flick, you know, and, you know, we, we I just learned as both a player and a GM of a how not to treat players sometimes because, you know, sometimes, you know, when they fall in love with that character, you just murk that character. It breaks them sometimes. Right, Kelly? It just breaks. I, no, them. my character was not. No, you broke that character in another way, but 
And and I I am not one of those players that it's like, you know, um, I put a lot of thought and effort into my characters and their backstories and that type of stuff. But if the death is if it's a good death mm-hmm. um, uh, and fits the story and fit and it's not just you're killing this person just to kill them. I mean, if if. You know, all crappy roles, all that type of like is one thing. But like sometimes it's like it's important. Your character dies. Yeah. And as long as it's a good death, I'm fine with that. Even though I may have put my blood, sweat and tears into that character. And I'll, yeah, I'll be sad because they're awesome. But. But if they're just like, I'm not going to bring that character into a killer dungeon just to be (laughs) slaughtered, you know, for the point of being slaughtered. Uh No, I would just create a character that I'm not, you know, bound to, you know, that is not a piece of me that I haven't like poured that blood, sweat and tears into. I just create a new one. Now, that's not to say a character like that can't grow. I we specifically when I was a kid, we went into a dungeon like that and we were told by the DM, okay, I want you to make four characters, okay? One is gonna be your main, but then basically you're gonna have three fodder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we did. And as a matter of fact, I remember my brother created these two characters. One was a ranger, and I can't remember what the other one was. And he named them Wimp and Wuss. Because, um, you know, he didn't even give them real names or anything. It's like, eventually, the one that was named Wuss, uh, I wound up having to two-box, you know, take him over. And that character became, eventually, just from different experiences actually wound up getting a real name (laughs) wound up getting cursed multiple times i mean it had this life i mean just (laughs) it took on a life of its own so even if you have one of these and and it because it survived this killer dungeon it 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 became worthy I didn't support that by, by by recalling that, uh, again, the two examples of the people who had the greatest influence on me, uh, they both said in their own way that purpose matters and um, the manner of a character's passing matters because mm-hmm. you'll be talking about either either one for the rest of your life. So if you have a character that, eh, you know, you started them at fifth level, you stopped them, you, you, you started them at first level, you played them all the way to fifth level, and you put them aside and you never touched them again. But the purpose of that character really mattered to you, you'll talk about it for the rest of your life. And if you had a character of whatever level who died Uh, a good death to to borrow Kelly's expression again, because you're fine with it. You'll talk about it for the rest of your life. The thing to avoid are, are those, those permanent lifetime complaints because you're so offended, you're so dissatisfied, et cetera. And while the, the, the DM does have some power 
to influence it, it, it's not guaranteed, but I do think it matters that any good game presenter should have these concepts in the back of their mind so that you really can be honest. Okay, this is a grinder. Uh, everybody's going to be dead by the end. Let's have some fun. Or it's, this is a serious thing. This is what all of your characters care about. This is what you have been working for for the last 25 game sessions. So here it is. Let's go. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. death is important. And never bring it to a page char- character death is its character death is its own discussion. But mm-hmm. uh, but but yes, the 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 way in which uh, you know characters go uh, does matter. And I've had a few that I've talked about for decades, and uh, several people around me that I've known for almost forty years now. Uh, they still talk about some of their greatest swan songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go out like Sturm, bright legs. <laughs> 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 but yeah, you, it's it's important. And remember, you have to have that risk that death is on the line because we've all read those stories and watched those movies where not everybody makes it to the end of the movie. I mean, and that's okay. I mean, in adventure games, you have limited resources and hit points for a reason. You know, you're so, there. It, death is on the line. That's the risk that you may lose this character. Mm-hmm. And that that's why he's one of the best DMs for me is because he taught me that lesson that, uh, A, there's always a workaround when a player tries to bring their OP thing to the table. B, there's there from my point of view, there should be times that you just don't slaughter them wantonly. You just hold back just because you can. As, you know, the benevolent GM side of me, that's the kid with the magnifying glass with the ants. Because we all know if GMs want to go totally evil, the players have no power against us. Well, they are crunchy and taste good with ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) I will confirm or or deny that. So So, uh, that's going to be a good place to wrap it up for the final episode of the 30-day Dungeons & Dragons Challenge. And I, okay. I will totally throw this out there that uh, you should totally think about doing it as well on, on your blog. I'm just saying, just saying. Or or maybe After Collapse needs a version, an apocalyptic version of it. Just saying. Well, there are a number of different. There are. Oh. So yes, just... abs- absolutely. So... Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cppn to never miss a show or stream. 